Hallelujah. Boy, we got on the move fast, media, okay? We're going to move quickly and get those fingers ready. Like, okay. Ecclesiastes 3 1, you have that? Yes. All right, let's all read together tonight. Ready, read. To everything, there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Okay, the time for every purpose under heaven. Tonight, we're on seasons part four. Your season. I think this is the last one. I think I'm pretty sure it's the last ones I have on my list. So tonight we're talking about part four, your season. Everybody say your season. Father, thank you tonight for the words you uh, have put in my heart to share with your people. I pray that your people, Lord, tonight would have ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to receive that which you speak to us. I pray, Father, that there will be no hindrance to the word, no distraction, no confusion, no deceiving spirits, no seducing spirits, no doctors of demons, no other teaching that comes forth in the atmosphere, Father, but your word. Let it be your voice that we hear and your voice only tonight. Speak from heaven, Lord, your servants. We intend to obey everything you say. We come with expectation tonight from the word of God. Manifest your glory through the word of God tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. All right. So your season. So again, the scripture says, so everything, there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Now, remember I showed you in the Hebrew that uh, there's only four words there, and it's season, time, purpose, and heaven. Okay, season, time, purpose, and heaven. So that word season, I gave it from the Hebrew, is the word zaman, which is a set time, an appointed time, uh, a time. So we can really uh, rephrase this verse, there's a set time for heaven's purpose. There's a set time for heaven's purpose, meaning you and I, by faith, we can do, we can do things. We can, we can receive things. We can manifest things in, in our own times and seasons of, of things like that or, you know, within the cycles. But when heaven has a purpose, there's a set time. And so what we're winding down to tonight is heaven's purpose. You got it? Okay, so we've been making our way through these seasons. So let's, let's review very, very quickly. Let's see if we can do a... Uh, Seven-minute review. Okay, here's a statement I gave you early on. My faith and actions must be in step with the season at hand and expectation of the season that's ahead. Okay, so my faith and actions must be in step with the season I'm in right now, expecting or in expectation of the season ahead or that's coming. Okay, my point to you in that is that there's something to do in every season. No matter what season you're in, you should be actively involved with God in every season. No matter if it's a season of heaviness or a season of reaping, it's, you're supposed to be involved doing something. Years ago, I was talking to a guy. Uh, he uh, had a landscaping company, and uh, he, he had gone to school for it. You know, people who are landscapers, and there are people who cut yards, people who go to school for it, right? And this guy went to school for it. I didn't, I didn't know they had classes for it, but you can go to P-Tech. You can even now go to St. Pete College and get... Uh, landscaping degrees. You can. And uh, he told me that what he learned was, uh, he said he, he, he learned how to stay busy year-round. I said, how is that? Because, you know, yards, grass doesn't really grow during these late fall, winter months. He said, that has nothing to do with me. He said, I learned that during that time is when you have to work that soil. He said, you have to go, you have to aerate the soil you got to get that soil ready for the springtime so that when the springtime comes, the grass comes back thicker, stronger, and greener. But if you sit there during the winter months 
and say, well, it ain't growing, it ain't going to tend to my yard. It, come, it might come back in the spring, but it won't be strong, thick, and green. He says, so even in the winter months, when other folks sitting around doing nothing, the ground still needs some cultivating. My, my point to you in that is, every season you're in, no matter what season you're going through, you ought to be doing something. You got to be doing something. Amen? All right, now, glory to God. Now, faith works in the now, expecting the next. Faith works in the now, expecting the next. Because remember I told you, in fact, we'll get this, uh, Daniel 2, please, media. God changes times and seasons. God changes times and seasons. Let me, let me get this here so I can, I can make sure I read it quickly here. Daniel chapter uh, 2, and uh, I'll begin reading at verse 16. When you get it, say amen. All right, you got on the screen? Because y'all, y'all don't say amen, okay. Daniel 2, verse 16 says, now this is what happens. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had a dream. Right? Right? Okay? And so his people can't interpret a dream, and they get a hold of Daniel. Okay, verse 16. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time, that he might tell the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We know him as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But these are their Hebrew names. They're actual real names. Other names are their government names. Okay, these, these are the real names, all right? Verse 18. That they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret so that, so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Verse 21. Remember this one? And he changes the times and the seasons. So who does this? God. What does he do? He changes the times and the seasons. So when it's time for your season to change, God changes it. Okay? God, he doesn't need anybody else's approval to shift your season. This is good here. And he said, verse 21 again, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. That's good right there, isn't it? He gives wisdom, wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. So in other words, Daniel is, just to summarize what Daniel's saying is, God is in charge of changing times and seasons. Now he acknowledges that. Got it? So then, because he acknowledges that, in fact, let me, let me, can I read one more verse in, right here? Verse 23. Because he goes right from there into praising God. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers, for you have given me wisdom and might and have, made, have now made known to me what we have asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's demand. So he goes to praising God. Praise the Lord. What happens? God then changes Daniel's time and season. Suddenly. Because when you look down in verse 46, 46 after Daniel gives Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of his dream, verse 46, then Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel. This is the king falling before a Hebrew slave. Now tell me something, boy. The king fell 
prostrate before Daniel and commanded that they should present an offering. What? Now you know these people ain't bringing no quarters here. He commanded all his officers, all his leaders, all his administrators, hey, bring him an offering. God can make you rich in a second. This man is a Hebrew slave and God raises him up in a second. Bring him an offering and incense to him. Verse 47, the king answered Daniel and said, truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a, and a revealer of secrets since you could reveal this secret. Verse 48, then the king did what? He did what? He did what? And gave him many great gifts. When the king gives you gifts, it ain't no cheap nothing. But it didn't say king gave him gifts. It said he gave him great gifts. And it didn't just say he gave him great gifts. It said he gave him many great gifts. What happens when the king shows up at your doorstep? What happened when the queen of Sheba came to visit Solomon? What happened when the wise men, the kings of, of, of the Orient, came to visit Jesus Christ? They came with camel loads of gold and frankincense and myrrh. So when the king gave Daniel many great gifts, this one some cheap old, you know, uh, five and five and what's that place? Five and below. <laughs> I'm not picking on that store, but what I'm saying this, the king, this is what the king, you know. Okay? And 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 he made him rule over the whole province of Babylon. Oh, wait a minute. A, he, a Hebrew slave. He made him pro, uh, ruler over the whole provinces of province of Babylon and chief administrator over all the wise men. Now, good night. Just like that. God suddenly shifted Daniel's season. May the Lord suddenly shift your season. May the Lord move you in an instant. May the Lord take you from one place to another place in an instant. May the Lord do that for you quickly in Jesus' name. Wow. Wow. My point to you is that God changes seasons. So you can be in one season now at 831. And by the time you get home tonight, be in a totally different season of your life. Well, what did I do? You didn't do nothing. God did it. God changes the times and the seasons. God knows when it's your time. God knows when it's your season. I'm going to show you that tonight. I'm going to show you that tonight. God did it for Daniel. Daniel wasn't looking for that. Daniel was just trying to survive. Am I right about it? The king was going to kill all the wise men, including Daniel and his boys. And he said, oh, wait, give me some time here. You know, we don't want to lose our heads over this here. He wasn't looking to get promoted. He wasn't looking to receive presents. He wasn't looking to, to receive any gifts. He's just trying to survive. Just trying to save his life. He didn't know that he was going to go from a low-down slave to chief ruler, chief administrator overnight. Can God change your season overnight? Can you expect God to change your season overnight? Is this not the year of miracles? Is this not the year of judgment? Can't God take you from one place 
to another place overnight. That's what we've been saying. I'm expecting great things. Expecting great things in my life. Amen. Praise God. Now let's go back and review these seasons here real quick because this is our last time through them. First one I taught you on was what? Wilderness season. That's when you first leave Egypt. You come out the world system. You're coming out of the sin lifestyle. You know, when you've been living in sin your whole life, now you're going to live in righteousness. You got to learn how to do that. You don't, you don't know how to do that. <laughs> you know, nobody knows. Nobody comes, get saved, and know how to live right. That's why we always pray, Lord, fill us with the Holy Ghost so I, you can teach me how to live right. Amen. How many of y'all have ever stumbled while you're out, out here trying to live right? Why? Because you, you're trying to learn. Right? So here we go. So wilderness season is when you first come out here, you're learning, you're learning now a kingdom way. When you're coming out financial of the world's financial system. You got to learn a kingdom way of doing things. When you come out of the world's way of doing things when it comes to health and medicine, you got to learn a different way of doing things. Amen? That's when you're in the wilderness, but God will bless you right there. Then I taught you about the word season. Everybody say the word season. Isaiah 54 talks about, you know, uh, give me a word in season for those who are weary, right? And that's when I talked talk to you about how you, at that time you start to dig into and discover all the promises that are in God's word. Amen. All his promises are yes and amen. God's, the word of God is replete with promises that we have there. Amen. Chock full of promises. And when you get into the word, you start learning everything God has for you. Amen. Then I talked about season of heaviness. Everybody say season of heaviness. First Peter 1, 6 in the KJV talks about that. If need be, you go through a season of heaviness, man, through your various trials and so forth. So there will, be, there will be a season of heaviness. Why? Because, see, once you get that word in you, here comes the devil. He don't mind you getting saved. He don't want you to get that word in you. Because you get that word in you, now you're going you're gonna to stay saved. <laughs> you're going to be sanctified. You're going to be walking in love. Help me out. You're going to learn how to walk in the spirit. You're going to have to you're going to learn how to walk by faith. See, when you get that word in there, so he has to bring persecution and tribulation for the word's sake. So that he brings this season of heaviness where things start falling apart. Oh, Lord. God is trying me. It ain't God. It ain't God. That's a double coming against you. God's trying to take you somewhere. The devil didn't want you to get there. Now, remember I taught you. I can't spend time there. I, I, I taught as you go back over it. I taught you that during the season of heaviness, that's the best time to sow. Psalm uh, uh, 1, thank you, 126, verse 5. 126, verse 5. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. So when you're crying in the season of heaviness, that's the best time to sow your seed. That's, that's what God, I talked to you about a season shifting seed. Amen. And God will shift your season through the, through the power of your seed. Okay, did he do that for, for Solomon? Solomon showed, sowed a, a season-shifting seed. I mean, Solomon was David's son. He became king. But he showed up one day with a thousand bullocks or whatever, I don't know, a thousand something. And he presented it to God. And the Bible says that night God came to him in a dream, said, ask, what do you want me to give you? I'm about to shift you. 
I'm about to shift you. Your daddy was rich and he left you his stuff, but I'm about to shift you to another place. You understand that? He shifted him in wisdom. He shifted him in honor. He shifted him in resources. He shifted him. He shifted him into a place of peace where under David's reign, they had battles all the time. You know, in Solomon's day, they never had one battle. I better come on this side. Y'all don't care. You know, in David's day, they had battle after battle after battle. But in Solomon's time, his whole reign, they never had one battle. God shifted. Anybody want to live in peace? God will shift you. Amen. Okay, let's keep on trucking here. So we went from wilderness season to worry season, a season of heaviness. Then we talked about the what? Night season. Psalm 16 and verse 7 uh, talks about, he says, he, David says, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also what? Instructs me when? So notice in the night season is when counsel and instruction comes. Now remember the word season? The word season, you learn God's promises in general. General instructions. But when you get to this night season, you start getting counsel. You start getting instruction. You start getting wisdom. How many know that there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom? There's a big difference. Knowledge is divinely gained information. But wisdom is divinely gained application. It's you learn what to do with it. A lot, a lot of folk have knowledge. A lot of folk know the Bible better than any one of us in this room. But knowledge is not wisdom. Wisdom is a principal thing. And all you're getting, get understanding. Right? So we got to get some wisdom. Well, that wisdom comes in that night season where God begins you to tell you, begins to tell you, okay, do this. You know the word. Okay, let me make sure I make this clear. That's why the word season has to come before the night season. Because whatever instruction God gives you, whatever counsel he gives you, is going to be based on the word. People who go around telling me what God told them and they don't know the word, I say hush. Hush. Because God's never going to speak outside of his word. You follow what I'm saying? Well, let me make sure I explain it to you more clearly. He's never going to speak in opposition to his word. Whatever he says, even your personal instruction or your counsel is going to always line up with his written word. See, it's dangerous if you start getting all these voices. I'm hearing voices. I'm hearing things from God. God telling me stuff, and it don't line up with his word. You hearing? You are hearing many voices. Didn't, didn't Paul say there are many voices in the world? And none of them without significance? There are many voices in the world. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep know my voice. And the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Glory to God. So when you hear his voice, you know because it matches with what he's saying here. Amen? So the, so the night season is very, very critical here. All right? Praise God. Instruction. Everybody say instruction. Glory to God. Because, you you know, you're one word away. Y'all didn't hear it. You're, you're one word away. What's the next season? So you're one word away from reaping. Oh, I mean, you're, I'm excited to be a sower. But you're one word away from reaping. 
See, the same way he gives me instruction on how to sow, what to sow, where to sow, when to sow, who to sow to, whatever, he has to give me instruction on reaping. You don't believe me? You read Isaiah, the 28th chapter. Isaiah, the 28th chapter, he goes on and talks about how God is the one who teaches the farmer where to sow the, the cumin, where to sow this seed, where to sow that, where to sow that, where, where to do this, how to line things up. Then, then it goes on to say, he teaches, teaches them also how to harvest. God is the master farmer. Y'all remember I taught master farming? I think it was master farming 101. I think I taught that. From Isaiah 28. God teaches us how to sow, but he also teaches us how to harvest. If you don't know how to harvest, you got harvest sitting out there, stuff that belongs to you. You better get it. You better get that harvest. Because the harvest will rot in the field. Y'all didn't say anything. All right? So you're one word away from a harvest time, from a reaping season. So reaping season, everybody say reaping season. Reaping season. Genesis 26, 12 through 14, I showed you how uh, Isaac sold in that, sa- in that uh, land and reaped in the same year how much? All right, he sold in that land and reaped in the same year. Yes. So years of that, he was in a season of reaping. He reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Glory to God. Why? Because he followed God's instructions. In his night season. His night season, it was a famine. And God said, hey, hey, in your night season, let me tell you what to do here. Don't go down to Egypt. Stay right here and sow right here. I'm going to bless you right here. Now, what if he hadn't heard God in that season? He would have gone on down the road somewhere, and he would have been struggling. But because he heard God's instruction in that season, God told him, sow right here, and he sowed right there, and the reaping season was next, and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then it goes on to say, and the Lord blessed him. And the Lord blessed him. What does that mean? He shifted him right into the next season. Because the next season of the reaping season is what? The blessing season. God shifted him right into the next season. He went from reaping into blessing. What did the blessing look like? Well, you put up the verse 13 and 14 of Genesis 26. Genesis 26, verse 13 and 14, and it said the man began, began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Verse 14, verse 14, for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants, so the Philistines envied him. When you hit the blessing season, you're going to have some envy from other people. People are going to hate on you and persecute you because they're, they're going to be trying to, trying to explain, trying to understand how you blessed like that. We all struggle and you're blessed. Nothing but the Lord. So blessing season. Now let me read one more scripture for you. Ezekiel 20, uh, 34, 26. Ezekiel 34, 26. This is where we base that off of. Ezekiel 34, 26. I will make them in the places around, all around my hill of blessing and I will cause showers to come down when? What kind of showers? So this is a blessing season here. Showers of blessing in that season. What happens when showers of blessing come? (laughs) There's not pouring out in no little cup. Showers is all around you. You can't dodge a shower. There's a little no sprinkle. It's showers. You can't outrun a shower. Y'all got it? Now, that, I want to add something to you that we didn't talk about. Well, we talked about it, but let me just make it uh, point blank here. That it's also a season of deliverance. When, when, you, when you hit blessing season, it's a season of deliverance. 
Because if you go back and put that uh, chapter 30, 34, verse 27 up, Ezekiel 34, verse 27, see what it says here. Verse 27. Hallelujah. It says, in the trees of the field, this is because of those showers of blessing here. The trees of the field shall do what? You their fruit. Come on, read it out loud. And the earth shall do what? They shall be safe in their land. And watch this. And they shall know that I'm the Lord when I have done what? And so notice the deliverance that's happening in this time. And notice because of, of the deliverance, confirmation's happening. Because he said, they shall know I'm the Lord. Well, I already figured you was the Lord. He said, no, 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 I'm going to make you know I'm the Lord. Lord, I'm already worshiping you. He said, no, I know, I appreciate you. But I'm going to make you know. When I break the bands of their yoke, when I deliver you from the hands of those who've enslaved you and trapped you and all that debt and all that bondage and all that whatever, whatever has been on you, when I break you out of that, you're going to know that I am the Lord, that I am Jehovah, that I am your Redeemer. Y'all got it? Okay, let me keep going here. The last one we covered was the fruitful season. Acts 14, 17 is the season. Talks about a season where God fills you up and makes you glad. God fills you up and makes you glad. How many are ready for God to fill you up and make you glad? That's a fruitful season of your life. Now, fruit comes from seed. Now, the seed was there in the word season. When you were sowing the seed of the word into your heart, you were growing trees. Let me, let me help you because y'all look at me like you're a little slow. When you were sowing the seed of the word, the eighth chapter of Luke, the seed is the word. The seed is the word. So in the word season, when you were sowing the seed of the word into your heart, you were growing trees. You were being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind was being renewed by the word of God. You begin to think differently. You begin to see differently. You begin to behave differently. You begin to expect differently. You are growing trees of expectation, trees of faith, trees of believing, trees that you are growing in your heart. So all of a sudden now you get to a fruitful season where your, your fruit matures. Praise God. When, you know, you got a mango tree and you get excited right, right around, you know, uh, uh, February, March. April, you start seeing them little buds and everything. You, you, you get excited because you know, boy, pretty soon it's going to be fruitful season. They're coming. And you can't touch them, though, in March. You can't touch them in April. You can't really touch them in May. But you hit right around July. I'm talking about around here. Maybe in Miami, other place you can get them early. But around here, they, in Miami, they're closer to the equator. But here, right about July, August, boy, they on and popping. The fruit has matured. It's a fruitful season. My neighbor next door to me has a, has a mango tree so big, we've, I don't know how many mangoes we've eaten, but I can't tell you how many mangoes I've cleaned up off the ground. I go outside and I'll clean them up because, they, you know, when they fall and they rot, well, before they rot, them, all those squirrels and those possums and everything, they get into them, and they, they leave it. They don't clean up after themselves. So I got to go clean up after them. And it just, it stinks. I mean, it stinks when you got this rotting fruit. And I'll go out there one day, and I'll clean it, come out the next morning, it's covered all over again. 
I'm like, how many trees are in this, in this, how many mangoes in this tree? It's a fruitful season. I can't even see how much fruit is in there. It's a fruitful season, and it's mature. See, so what God brings you into because of the word seed in your heart is a fruitful season. Now, let's look at one more place here. Man, we're going to go after 9 o'clock tonight. I'm just telling you ahead of time. Go to Psalm 1, verse 1 through 3. Psalm 1, verse 1 through 3. How many of y'all love the word? Don't fool me. How many of y'all love the word? Psalm number 1, verse 1 through 3. Hallelujah. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the word. I delight in the word. Say it, I delight in the word. And in his law or in the word, he meditates how often? Are you meditating his word day and night? That means I'm, I'm not just reading it, I'm meditating in the word. That means even when I'm not reading, I'm still thinking about it. It's in my mind. I'm going over it. I'm, I'm, I'm chewing that word up. I'm going back over what I, what I read, going back over what I studied, going back over what God showed me in the word. I'm meditating on it day and night. You know while you're at work, you can meditate on the word? I can't read my Bible at work. You don't have to read the Bible to meditate on it. You can be sitting at work on a call and still meditating on the word of God, walking through Home Depot, walking through Publix, walking through the grocery store, and thinking about the word of God. Driving down the street, meditate on the word of God. And when you do that, what's happening? A tree is growing up on the inside of you. Tree is growing up. All of a sudden, you start thinking differently, expecting th differently, seeing differently, behaving differently. Hallelujah. Operating differently. So when that person who delights in the law, the word, and that person who meditates on the word day and night, watch the result of that person's life in verse 3. He shall be. You shall be. Like a tree. Like a tree. Like a tree. Why? You've been planting a tree. You shall be like a tree. Planted by what? Rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. There's a season of maturity. Hallelujah. I wish y'all were listening tonight. That brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither. And watch this last part. And what? Ever he does shall prosper. It's a season of fruitfulness where God fills you up and makes you glad because everything you do prospers. Why? Because the word is on the inside of you. You're not risking, taking chances. You're not practicing. You're not accidentally. You're not happenstance. No, no. I'm following God's direction. I've got his word on the inside of me. His word has got him. His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So I do whatever he says and everything I do prospers. What would happen if everything you did prospered? Well, how do I get that? Stop just trying stuff. And start hearing God's voice. Start doing what God tells you to do. As good of an idea as it may be, don't just do it because it's a good idea. Get God's voice. Get God's instruction. What you got in that word season, what you got in that night season, now all of a sudden it's going to mature. And everything you touch. Jesus. Y'all got this. All right, let's get these last two down here. Because now we're talking about your season. It's your season to be blessed. Y'all know that one? 
Now, remember, that word season from the Hebrew is zaman, which means a set time, appointed time. It's a time. It's a set time and appointed time. Now, remember something we looked at, and I want to go back to this here. In Psalm 105, verses 17 through 19. Psalm 105, verses 17 through 19. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says here, he, meaning God, sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. So Joseph starts out this journey as a slave. Now remember, Joseph had a dream. In fact, he dreamed two dreams. Both of those dreams were really a vision from God about his future. And he saw himself, God showed him, going somewhere and doing some things that were very big. But his brothers couldn't take that. They tried to, tried to squash all that. They hated him. But famine hit. God sent a man before them, Joseph, who was, a, who was sold as a slave, okay? Verse 18, they hurt his feet with fetters. See how, how it goes, it starts rough? He was laid in irons, shackles. Verse 19, until what? The time that is working to pass. So there was a time for his word to come to pass. And until that time came, the word of the Lord tested him. We talked about that last week. It proved him, strengthened him. It's what kept him going when he's, when he's in that pit. Kept him going when he's in part of his house. Kept him going when he's in the prison. Are y'all with me on this here? Now, until that time came, the Lord, where the Lord tested him, so he had a, there was a set time for God to bring this to pass. It wasn't overnight. He had a dream one day, another dream another day, but they didn't come to pass the next day. That would be nice. But there was a set time for it. Okay? Talking about your season that we're coming into now. Okay? Because I'm going to show you something here. I'm going to show you these two more seasons here. Okay. Now, I got to show you that Joseph, he went through, somebody asked me the question a couple weeks ago, can you be in more than one season at the same time? Yeah, absolutely, yes. You absolutely can. I'll show you that Joseph went through several of these seasons. I'm going to show you this in one passage. Look at Genesis 39. He went through some of these seasons simultaneously. He went through a season of heaviness. Did he not? Season of blessing. A fruitful season. Look at Genesis 39, verse 2. It says, the Lord was with Joseph. Now, go, go back to verse 1. Go back to verse 1. You got to see this. Because he's, he's a slave. All right, so he's, Joseph taken down to Egypt, part of an officer, da, 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 brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him. Uh, I'm sorry, bought him. That's what I want you to see. He bought him. He's a slave. He's a slave. If this ain't a season of heaviness, I don't know what is. Okay, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph, though, in that season of heaviness. And he was a what? In a season of heaviness, he was still successful. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Verse 3. Verse 3. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that, the, that the Lord made what? All. Made what? All. Remember fruitful season? Everything you did prospered? Can you see him going through these same seasons here? Until the time the word came to pass? 
He's got to go through these other seasons. Get down to verse 23. Just one more verse here. One more verse. I don't want to bore you all with this. Verse 23. Now he's gone from, from Potiphar's house out of, the, out of the, the pot into the frying pan or the fire in the frying pan. How about that goes? So now he's in prison on some trumped up charges. False accusations. And then it says here, now the keep of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. So Joseph the slave is now in the prison, but now things are put under his authority. But it's still prison. It's still a season of heaviness. Because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. He's still being fruitful. But remember now, there's a time for the word to come to pass. Remember I told you he took care of the, the baker and the cupbearer, baking the cup and the butler, right? And the one who's, who's lived, he forgot all, got about him for two years. Two whole years. Two whole years. But God didn't forget. There's a set time for his word to come to pass. After two years, God didn't forget. God brought him out, right? Now, look at Psalm 105, verse 20. Psalm 105, verse 20. It says, the king sent and released him. The rule of the people let him go free. Do y'all see that? The king, that's Pharaoh, sent and released him. Him, who, him is who? Joseph. This, remember, we, do, we just read this passage. Verse 19. Verse 20, the king sent and released him. The rule of the people let him go free. Now, what I want you to take note of here is it says the king sent and released him. And the rule of the people let him go free. Now, where was, where was Joseph? What prison? The king's prison. He's in the king's prison. You read in the text. He's in the king's prison. This wasn't just any prison. This is the king's prison, which meant the king had the authority to release everybody. I'll come over here. The king had the authority, the free reign, the, the express reign to release everybody. But it said the king sent and released him. The rule of the people let him go free. All right. Are you ready for this one? So the second to the last season we're going to deal with is what I'm, I'm calling certain season. The certain season. We could also put in parenthesis a miracle. So certain this is a miracle season. Okay? Now remember what I just showed you. The king sent and released him. The rule of the people let him go free. Now let's look at this in John chapter 5. I'm going to look in the King James Version media, please. John 5, verse 1 through 9. I'm going to speed read. Y'all help me out here. Y'all okay? Y'all yes, got, got extra time? Y'all are not really convincing me by your words. John 5, verse 1. I'm going to keep going here. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to where? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Keep going. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue what? Bethesda, having five porches. Got it? Okay. Verse 3. In these on these five porches. So remember, five porches. This is just think all over the place. Lay a great multitude of, of impotent folk, blind, 
halt, wither. Now, how many people lay there? I mean, a whole bunch of them. A whole heap of them. A, a great multitude. We get, when the Bible talks about multitudes that follow Jesus Christ, we saw thousands. Remember, he fed the 5,000, plus women and children. Someone says, great multitude. I'm envisioning, realistically, thousands of people all over this, these, these pools, these, these porches, rather. Okay? Now, the story's about Jesus Christ who goes there. Now, look at verse 4. No, wait, no, stay, stay at verse 3. Stay at verse 3. They're all there. They're impotent, blind, halt, and withered. What are they doing? Waiting, Waiting for the moving of the water. Let's see why. Verse 4. Verse 4. For an angel went down at a what? Certain seasons of the pool. So there's a certain season. And troubled the water. Whosoever then first. Now there are thousands, Elder Baker, thousands. The Bible didn't say a multitude, it said a great multitude. Perhaps tens of thousands. And the angel comes out at a certain season, and the Bible said, and whoever was first, only one person in this certain season. After troubling with the water, stepped in and was made whole of whatever disease he had. Now go back to verse, verse 3. Verse 3. Now they were impotent. Impotent mean they powerless. How they gonna step in? Blind. How they gonna see to get there? Halt means they lame. They, they, they can see there, they can see it, but it's gonna take them a long time to get there. Wither, which means their limbs are actually decaying, rotting. How are they going to get there? But if you, if, you, if you allow this word, the lucky number one. You had to be the lucky number one. Now I know we don't believe, y'all know what I'm saying. You had to be the lucky number one to be, to be the one healed. When? In a certain season. Verse 4, go back to verse 4. You be made whole of whatever disease you have. Verse 5. Verse 5. Now watch this. And a certain man was there in this certain season. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us that it was certain season. It's a certain man. See, the Bible said they would sit there because at a certain season this would happen. So they stayed there because they don't know when the season's going to come. They don't know when a certain season is going to come. So the Bible now shift from a certain season to a certain man. Whew. I don't know if y'all getting this, man. It shift from a certain season to a certain man. It's one guy. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity how long? 38 years. I want you to see 38 years every, every year waiting on that season. 38 years trying to get there. 38 years trying to be the first one to get in the pool unsuccessfully. He tried. You think after year two, he just quit. No, 38 years. He was there. 38 years. Look at it, verse 6. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him, when Jesus saw him. Now, remember, Jesus showed up to this pool of Bethesda with five porches with a great multitude, tens of thousands of people. And the Bible says when Jesus saw him. Remember, the king 
released him. Okay, you'll, you'll get this by tomorrow. Remember Joseph, the king released him. He could have released everybody. The king released him. This Jesus shows up and he sees a certain man and the Bible says he saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He said to him, he didn't talk to everybody. Just this certain man. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Remember in another chapter of John, when Jesus goes down to, to, to Lazarus' grave and, 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 and Mary and Martha says, Jesus, yeah, we know he'll be raised again at the last day of the resurrection. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection. What you're waiting on when I show up is it. So these people, people were waiting on a certain season, but when Jesus shows up, y'all not catching it, when he shows up, he is the season. Are y'all getting this yet? Come on, come closer, come closer, come closer. When, when he shows up, it doesn't matter if it's not the right time. When he shows up, he'll make it your time right now. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you tonight? When he saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou, do you want to be made whole? Verse 7, keep going. The impotent man answered answer him and said, uh, Sir, I have no man when the water's troubled, when that season comes around, which means he must have been trying to perform, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, he trying to get there, another step, step down before me. Oh, verse 8. Jesus saith unto him. I'm about to change your season right now. I'm about to change. Remember we talked about if you were the lucky number one? So I could put in this word. I'm about to change your fortunes right now. Now what was it? Now he says, rise up and take that bed and walk. Verse 9. Verse 9. Read verse 9. And immediately the man was made whole. When? When? The man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And the, on the same day was a Sabbath. Jesus broke all the rules. Jesus broke all the rules to change a man's season. He broke all the rules to change a man's life. He broke all the rules. He didn't go with, with the religious crowd. He broke tradition. He broke everything he had to to change his one man's life. Now my question is, why did Jesus choose this one man? You want to know? I don't know. Except that he saw him. He saw him. Oh, Jesus. Look, look at this. Look at this scripture. Put up Romans chapter 9, verse 14. Romans 9, verse 14. Because this time that I'm talking about here, your certain season, is a time that's beyond your faith. Oh, I don't know if y'all caught that. It's a time of visitation where God visits you, goes beyond your faith, where now his grace comes on you. It's a time of his ability superseding your own ability. Where he shows up and he makes it your season. I don't know if y'all caught that. He shows up and he makes it your season. The man and all the folk, they were waiting on a certain season. Jesus said, well, I, I can't do nothing about a certain season. I'm going to make it your season. But I'm, I must be in the wrong church tonight. 
He said, I'm going to make it your season. Anybody getting this over here on this side? He said, I'm ready to make it your season. In a crowd. In a crowd. In a crowd. I'm going to pick you out. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him, which means that God, when he's scanning the whole Bless you. Oh, what's going on? What's going on around me? It don't matter. I'm, I just I bless you. And somebody gonna say that ain't fair. I ain't trying to be fair. Where did my word ever say I was fair? Where did my word ever say I was fair? I never promised to be fair. God never gave a law or a principle that said I'm a fair God. He's just. But he's not obligated to be fair. Ooh, wee, 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 wee. Look at look at look at this scripture here in Romans uh, 9, 14 and verse 15. Romans 9, 14, 15. Y'all got a few more minutes now. I, I gotta finish this tonight. I, I can't take this back home with me. He says in Romans 9, 14, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Like, you know, if God, how God gonna bless, bless Miss Frankie and out of everybody and he don't bless me? Is there unrighteousness in God, with God? Certainly not. Look at verse 15. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. I'll bless who I want to bless. I'll be kind to who I want to be kind to. I'll be generous to who I want to be generous to. I'll touch anybody I want to touch. I'll heal whoever I want to heal. Increase whoever I want to increase. I'll promote whoever I want to increase. I, it don't matter. I don't, I don't need your approval. I don't, I don't need you to accommodate me. I'm going to bless you because I, I, I got my eyes on you. And when folks say, Lord, that ain't fair. My point to you is God has the ability, the sovereign ability to come and bless you out of a crowd. That in the wrongs, when Jesus healed that man, it was not the certain season they were waiting on. But he made it his certain season. The, the apostle Paul talked about all the apostles that were for him. Peter and James and John are all the elect apostles. He said, he said how Jesus had appeared to all the apostles. He said he appeared to James and all those people. Then he said, lastly, he appeared to me like a man born out of season. He said he appeared to me like a man born out of season. He said, I don't know how in the world, why in the world our Lord would appear to me. He said, I wasn't even born in the right season. But he stepped over into the wrong season and touched the right guy and brought me and made me one of the elite. It doesn't matter what season you think you're in. When God says, it's your time, baby, it's your time. Boy, 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 I'm preaching myself happy. I don't know about you. Hallelujah. That's what happens when God's hand is on your life. Doesn't matter what's going on all around you. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we read about Joseph's book back in there in Genesis 39. We didn't read these other verses, but you see it twice there, at least twice in that Genesis 39, where it says, and, and the Lord gave Joseph favor. What shifted Joseph? Favor. You know, Joseph wasn't part of his only slave. But God gave Joseph favor with Potiphar. When then when Joseph went to prison, he wasn't in the prison by himself. But God gave Joseph favor with the keeper of the prison. I mean, God has the ability to pick you out of a crowd and shift you by yourself. He doesn't need the government's approval. He doesn't need the deacon board to vote on that. He'll bless you all by yourself. And dare somebody to say somebody. What you say, say something, say something. Hallelujah. So certain season. Certain season. See, it's, it's, it's God's prerogative. <laughs> Y'all don't even sing it. Don't even sing it. I know your hands. It's God's prerogative. He can do whatever he wants to do. He's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to do. He can, he can take somebody who just got born again two days ago. I mean, I mean, Paul wasn't born again three days before God had him preaching. Three days God had him preaching the gospel. Three days, what? They made him, I mean, the most eminent apostle. This guy was born out of season, and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Now, how in the world are you going to figure that? James walked with Jesus. John walked with, Peter walked with Jesus. They saw him on the mountaintop. They walked with Jesus. And they wrote two or three little books. Here comes Paul, didn't walk with Jesus. Matter of fact, he was fighting against Jesus. Fighting against Jesus. Thought he was doing God's service by fighting against Jesus, and God raises him up, and boom, makes him the top guy. To the point, Peter was writing about Paul's, about Paul's ministry. Only time Paul writes about Peter was when he tells, tells the church how he had to correct Peter. Peter over there, over there, over there, uh, he was living with the Gentiles, but the Jews came around, he started acting like he was racist. So he said he had, to, he, had to, he, had to, he had to bust Peter in the head about that. But Paul, but Peter writes about Paul and talks about, man, some of the things that boy Paul wrote about, some of the things Paul, God showed Paul, boy, it's hard to understand. Boy, that's, Paul knew some stuff. Paul was born out of season. But when God puts his hand on your life, Glory to God. All right, let's look at this last one. Last one. In Luke chapter 1, verse 18 through 20, the King James, I'm going to go back there. Because this last one is the season of fulfillment. The season of fulfillment. Now, all these other things that we've been looking at, have been you doing some, some works and, you know, you've, you've been working your faith. The miracle season, a certain season when God just puts his favor on you and just promotes you, just, I mean, you know, God can just shift you. Yes, sir. 
That's, that's the certain season, man. God can just shift you in a heartbeat. Just, that's what he did to Joseph. He did that to Daniel. Just, boom, just all of a sudden. RVM band sings a song about suddenly season. I think it's the other one. It's the suddenly hour, a suddenly time. God's sudden power. A heart, sudden heart is his mind. Or be past a deadline. Yeah, that's, that's it. Hallelujah. We'll listen to it on the way home. Hallelujah. But I, I jammed to it, praise the Lord. But here... This is a season of fulfillment. Remember, I've been talking about that there's a set time for heaven's purpose. Okay, Luke chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. Now, what had happened? The angel Gabriel had come and told him, You and your wife are going to have a child. After all these years, all these years, y'all forgot about it, but God didn't forget, and God's got to send you a special child because something, there's something big about this child. Now, we know they're going to have who we call John the Baptist, right? Now, this is the man that's prophesied in the, in the Old Testament as the forerunner of Christ. So this isn't just any baby. This isn't just any miracle. This isn't just any expectation. This isn't just any manifestation. This is God's purpose under heaven, Okay? Verse 19, and the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. Verse 20, and behold, thou shalt be dumb, means you can't speak, and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words, watch this, which shall be fulfilled in their season. So there were these words that were spoken, there was a season of fulfillment. Now this is going beyond Zechariah, Zacharias and, and Elizabeth's faith. They forgot about it. They're old. Well stricken in years, the Bible says. They ain't think about children at this age. This ain't Abraham and Sarah. This is this, these people, they're like, oh, that's it. You ain't doing nothing. And God says, no, 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 no. I had a prophetic word I spoke, and I watch over my word to perform it. So I've got to bring this word to pass. You it. You're it. And so this fulfillment has a time or a season to it. So what God does is, again, you've gone through all his various seasons. You've gone into this season where even he's promoted you unexpectedly, Right? But there comes a time when there's the, the thing, the thing that God predetermined for you. Y'all missed it. That before you were born, there is the thing that God predetermined for you. That it wasn't about your faith and you conjuring up some idea or you having some desire in your heart. This is the thing that for, it's, it's, it's the purpose for which you were born. Somebody had to give birth to John the Baptist. So there's a reason. Somebody had to give birth to Isaac, who would give birth to Jacob. 
and so on and so on and so on until we get to Jesus because God has to fulfill Genesis 3.15. Y'all remember Genesis 3.15? Y'all Bible students, I know y'all know Genesis 3.15 because that was in our first lesson. You learned about, about that promise that God made in Genesis 3.15 that I'm going to bruise, uh, the, the seed of the woman is going to bruise your head. That's a prophetic word about Jesus Christ way back in Genesis 3.15 in the Garden of Eden. So God's got to get this through the lineage so, so, so uh, Abraham and Sarah had to be uh, born and there was a, there was a, a, a prophetic uh, mantle on their, a prophetic calling rather on their lives to bring forth Isaac. Y'all follow me? I could go all the way down through the lineage because God had to, he had to orchestrate everything. He had to get Rahab into the family. He had to get Ruth into the family. You follow me? He had to get all these people into the family to get down to Jesus. But before Jesus could come, there was a man named John the Baptist had to be born. An another Elijah. Okay? So, this season of fulfillment, my God, oh, my time just elapsed. Boy. All right, praise God. What happens in the season of fulfillment is that for which you will be remembered throughout time. Okay, let me, let me help you with this. What happens in the season of fulfillment, and see, most people aren't even thinking about a season of fulfillment. Most of you are just thinking about, I want to reap my harvest, and I want to, you know, whatever, God promote me. But remember, you're born on purpose. Hello? You're born on purpose. And there's a time and a season for every purpose under heaven. So you were born at a set time. But you were born for a purpose to bring something into the earth. So there's something bigger than you. Matter of fact, I preached that about four or five Christmases ago, a message entitled, message series, whatever, entitled, This is Bigger Than You. That, that the, the, the birth of John the Baptist was bigger than Zacharias and Elizabeth. The birth, birth of Jesus Christ was bigger than, John, than, than uh, uh, Joseph and Mary. So there's something that they had to do to bring this to pass. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to articulate this where so y'all can understand, but most of y'all have sleep on me. But let me just let me just try to get you to the end. Let me let me get you to the end. Let me get you to the end of this road here. There's something. There's a reason why you're here. There's something God has planned or had planned for you, and I don't just mean your house. Not talking about your car. I'm not talking about your, your earrings you want, your brace. I'm not talking about the stuff. I'm talking about a purpose in the earth that, that will last beyond because all your gold is going to decay. Every, I don't care how big of a house you build or how fancy it, 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 it the, the termites to get to it. Or the wind and knock it down. I mean, just, there's nothing that's, that's meant to last forever in this earth. Anything you do, man made. But there's something as the reason the reason why God put you here that's bigger than you. That when you bring it to manifestation in the earth, is a purpose. So you come to a season of fulfillment. 
is that for which you had to war good warfare. Remember, that's what Paul told Timothy. By these prophecies, you war or you wage a good warfare. You got it? It's the reason why you had to fight the good fight of faith. Okay. Let me, let me just expect this here. I've lost great deal of you. Genesis 12. Genesis 12, verse, uh, give me verse 2. Genesis 12, verse 2. This is God talking to Abraham. He said, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Notice that I'll, I'll make you a great nation. Talking to one man. Remember, God called him. Isaiah 51, God called him being alone. One man. But he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. Look down at verse 7. Verse 7. God is going through this promise here in verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham, or Abram, and said, to your descendants, what happened? I will give this land. Now, how many descendants does he have? None. And he's already 75 years old, and his wife is barren. Y'all didn't catch that. He has none. He's 75, and his wife is barren and has always been barren. And God's telling him to your descendants, I will give this land. At this point, he's not even thinking about descendants. He's like, you know what? Uh, you know, just live out my days, you know. But God is saying, no, 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 Genesis 3.15. I got I to I gotta fulfill Genesis 3.15. And the descendants of, 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 of uh, 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 when he destroyed the earth, Noah was a new one on the planet, right? And Noah had a son named Shem. And Shem, his descendants, he got all the way down from Shem all the way down to Terah, which is Abraham's father, down to Abraham. And what God's doing, he's trying to fulfill Genesis 3.15. So Abraham, I know you just want to smooth and just, you know, you can just die happy because you got a pretty wife, real pretty wife, and everything's going good for you, but I got something I got to bring to pass. There's a purpose. He says, I got to get this land back. He, remember he's jealous for his land? I got to get this land back. He said, to your descendants, I'm going to give this land. Y'all got it? Give me Genesis 18, verse 14. Genesis 18, verse 14. Says, is anything to offer the Lord? Now, what's happened? They've gone about 24 years from that original promise, and they, you know, they're like, Shh. but remember, there's an appointed time. He says, anything to offer the Lord at the appointed time? At the what? Time. So there was a set time for this. There's a set time for this. At the appointed time, I will return to you. According to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. At the when? The appointed time. I'm going to come back and do what I told you I was going to do. So even when God made Abram the promise, he would have loved for it to happen the next year. But it didn't. There's a point in time. There's a season of fulfillment. Well, I wish y'all would catch this. My point is to you, you can't get discouraged in the wait. You can't get discouraged in the time that's, that's elapsing between the time of the promise and the time of the fulfillment. Because just, as long, just like you went through all these other seasons, wilderness and word and season and season of heaviness, all these other things, you're going to get to the season of fulfillment. 
Are you with me here? At the appointed time. All right. I'm just going to give this to you. Galatians 4, verse 4 and 5. I just got to prove my point to you here tonight. Notice it says, but when the photos of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Verse 5, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. When did this happen? In the fullness of time. What does that entail? 42 generations. All the way back to Genesis 3.15. Adam to Abraham. Abraham to David. David to Jesus. 14, 14, 14. God's fulfilling Genesis 3.15 at the appointed time. Season of fulfillment. Well, it's true anyhow. Last place, Acts 2, verse 16. In the King James, Acts 2, verse 16. There's a season of fulfillment. What Joel prophesied in Joel 2 Watch what Peter says here in Acts 2.16. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Verse, keep going, verse 17. Verse 17. Hallelujah. It's a come to pass in the last days. So what Joel had spoke, there was a time for it. And they couldn't hurry that time. They couldn't jump into that time. God can shift seasons along for things. But there are some things in fact, there is a thing, if I could say this about your life, there is something that there's a certain time God has set aside to bring you to the fullness of what he predetermined before your mama met your daddy. And when you fulfill that thing, when that thing is fulfilled in your life, that'll be the one that when you're dead and gone, Jesus or Terry, we say, hey, that was the guy, that was the guy who, X, Y, Z. They're not going to remember your house. All your jewelry. How many purses you had. That's not, none of that stuff goes down in history. What goes on in history is the mark that you made in the earth that God had predetermined for you to make in the earth. Now, I know this isn't exciting to y'all as your fruitful season and your blessing season and your reaping season because you're thinking about all you're going to do, but I need you to see your life is bigger than what you think you're going to have for you as to God put you here on purpose to do something great in the earth. And when you stand before God, when you stand before God, he's not going to talk about how many purses you had. That don't, he ain't gonna talk about how many shoes you, pairs of shoes you had, and all that stuff. I'm gonna talk about that purpose I had. The reason why I put you on this planet was that fulfilled. And I believe we're gonna do that. I believe we're gonna walk right into our purpose because we're learning how to operate in the season we're in. 
expecting the next season, and leaving room for God to shift us into the very next seasons of our lives. Amen. Amen. I'm done. Y'all can stop yawning and just get on your feet. Come on. Come on. Get on your feet. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I know it's good teaching. Holy Ghost just laid out your whole life. He just laid out, he just laid out your whole life for you. That you can know where you are and what. And never get discouraged no matter what season you're in. Know that you can be in some simultaneously. They'll, they'll overlap. You'll repeat some. <laughs> Amen. But God is one who shifts your seasons for you. Hallelujah. What I'm happy about for you is that God knows how to bring you into your season. That certain season where he picks you out. Pulls you up. Promotes you. Points you out out of a crowd. Puts his hand of favor on your life. Where everything just begins to just open up for you. You step right into that and walk into the fullness of God. Amen? Amen. Lord God, tonight, thank you for the word we've received. Thank you, Father, that you've talked to us and shown us these various seasons of our lives. And that, God, we can see throughout the scriptures, Lord, all, everyone that we uh, read about and talk about in the scriptures, they went through all these same seasons, Father. No one was exempt from anything. I thank you, Father, you always had an appointed time for the word to come to pass in each life. And that, God, at times you would just put your hand on somebody and just pull them up and pull them out. The same way Jesus showed up to that pool of Bethesda and grabbed that one man and changed his life. Thank you, Lord, because your word says that your eyes go to and fro throughout the earth, looking to show yourself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to you. Your word says, Father, ninth chapter of Romans, that you'll show compassion to whoever you want to show compassion. You'll be merciful to whomever you want to be merciful to. So, Father, we don't judge and we don't criticize and we don't harbor any ill feelings when it's not our day. Thank you, Father, that we'll have our day. We'll have our time. Just like you told Joshua. You didn't do it in Moses' day, but you told Joshua in his day. You said, this day I'll magnify you in the sight of the people. You had a day for him to be magnified. So God, you have a day for us. And we thank you, Father. We don't rush into anything. We don't rush out of anything. We flow with you. We flow with you, Father, and allow you to lead us and guide us and direct our lives. So bless each and every one of us tonight and continue to keep us. And we'll continue to honor and glorify you in all that we do, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Put those hands together and give God a great praise tonight. Glory to God. Praise God.